Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, a member of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name, Greg Mahochko, joining me, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, 215 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, just ask Mrs. Coronation. He is our beloved founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. You sounded like you were sucking in a joint there. Yeah, what I the was, hell is that? That was uh, that was my inhale for emphasis. My ooh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I thought it was something else for emphasis. Well, it is legal in Illinois, but uh, I do not partake for a number of reasons. One of them, even though I don't like my job, I still need it, and uh, it's kind oh, of oh, and they test. Oh yeah, they do. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I've How's had your week been? Shit. Um, it, let's <laughs> that see. Shortened to the point. Uh, well, see, as we record this Thursday night, earlier today, my truck broke down on me. Um, uh, transmission issue. I was able to... I, I didn't get it so much fixed as I allowed it to reset a little bit, and then instead of finishing my route, which I had maybe 45 minutes left in said route, uh, I was talking to the mechanic. He says, nope, bring it right to the shop. As long as you can get it here, bring it right to the shop. So I did. And uh, because we're so shorthanded at work, my wife and son had to meet me at the mechanic shop, pick me up, take me back to work. You know, I had to do all my end-of-the-day stuff, and then we went to Cracker Barrel. So the day had a, a you know positive ending to it, but I hate it when, you know, I just hate anything. I've, I've learned as I get older, John, and and... Maybe you can, you know, bring advice on this one way or another. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that I'm not nearly as flexible as I used to tell myself to get, like, prepared for job interviews. Like, oh, no, yeah, I'm flexible. I'll do anything you want. Like, I might say that, but really, I I just, I like my routine, and I don't like anything to take me out of the routine. I'm slightly OCD about that, I think. No, that's the way it goes. I think that's true for for very many people. I think I said on this very podcast a while back that my brother-in-law once said, the older you get, the the more you don't like rebels. And, and rebels can be not only people, but changes in your routine. We come, we become, we're creatures of habit. Yeah. And since I don't have any dangerous habits, uh, my... My habit is just expecting things to go the way I, I mean, or wanting things to go, I guess, the way I expect them to go. And as we all know, there are hundreds and probably thousands of memes out there on the Internet that say expectation versus reality. And expectation is my 40 stops going without a hitch. And the reality is my truck breaking down in some pissant little town in Missouri, uh, halfway between, you know, like half in the driveway, half in the street. And if they had to call a wrecker out, there would have been no chance of getting the truck out. So I'm glad I got it up and running. Well, I tried to hit a pickup today. Tell me about that, because first of all, let's explain. Obviously, the listeners know you're in Minnesota. Weather conditions in Minnesota, I mean, from August to June can be shit at any given time. Well, the the problem is is that it's warmed up. And honestly, I hate it when it warms up. So it gives above freezing, and then the, everything melts, and then it goes back below freezing, mm. and everything freezes, and yep. then you're just stuck with ice. So I was going to a customer site today, and the entire trip was fine, except for like the last, literally the last 200 yards. I was going to go over an overpass, and this guy was in the left lane turning left in a, in a really nice pickup, you know, because those guys like to have their big-ass nice pickups. And... Uh, I realized he wasn't going to turn, 
And then I hit the brakes and I realized I wasn't going to stop. Oh. So I did one of those, you know, look in the right mirror, whip into the right lane, and then whip back into the left lane because I had to make an immediate turn past the intersection. But, you know, I, I avoided the pickup. I avoided the car coming in the right lane. Look I avoided the car that was behind me in the left lane even going. But uh, when I went to the sh- customer site, I was like, I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my, my biggest takeaway from, from your story, and obviously glad you're okay and, and there, there was no collision, but my biggest takeaway is that clearly at one point you were a getaway driver uh, for either, you know, a, a, you know, a group of, you know, people with bad intentions or more likely the Secret Service, and you're just maneuvering you know that you have to if if you're going to be like the presidential motorcade or something like that, you have to be able to maneuver at you know high speeds and in all kinds of conditions, and and that's probably what you did. I would say that anybody knows me from my childhood and growing up with me knows that I committed stupid acts in vehicles about three hundred, four hundred thousand times. <laughs> well, we're all here to uh, um... you know. There's a there's a thing about cars. You know, a lot of people, when I was growing up, a lot of people liked the muscle cars, the drive straight cars, drive real fast in a straight line cars, mm-hmm. like your, your Mustangs and, uh, I don't know, your Chevy Novas and things like that. I always liked the uh, maneuverable. You know, I had an Audi Fox when I was young. Ooh. And, uh, you know, there's something called understeer and oversteer, and uh, I steered both ways in that car. Whereas if you were driving a big American car, you pretty much were driving a boat. So my brother-in-law, he wasn't my brother-in-law with me. He wasn't my brother-in-law then. But uh, I once took an Alfa Romeo into a cloverleaf in Dallas, and I hit the edge of that cloverleaf doing 90, slowed down to 70, and pulled it all the way around that curve while my brother-in-law was hanging on screaming at me. So, yeah, I've done a lot of stupid things in cars. I think it's a Johnston trait, actually. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I, you're the only Johnston that I know, so anything's possible. I haven't had a wreck in years, and I almost wrecked today, and I was, you know, I drive I drive a really old, beat-up, piece-of-shit, rusted-out minivan. You we, know why I drive that? We've talked about that, because yeah, that, that way, you know, for, for any other motorists out there, you're like, I'm sure your BMW or whatever, you're more proud of that than I am of this. Move. Yep. <laughs> now, on the other hand, as I was sliding toward this guy in this pickup, uh, in the split second I was thinking, I'm not going to stop and I'm going to hit this guy. My immediate thought was, that guy's going to be really pissed that I ran into his pickup. <laughs> He's probably going to look and be like, this guy doesn't have any insurance, you know, all, <laughs> right? uh, all the other things. You know, I never thought of that part, but you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was just thinking of, uh, we could probably you know, turn turn back the uh, clock a couple of decades. If you remember, and I'm sure you do, uh, the wildly popular television series from the 1980s, MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, I remember I remember a lot of episodes, one of this, you know, and a lot of them, of course, it was the 80s, so a lot of them take place, you know, in like the Eastern European setting and whatnot. But there was one episode where... I think they were trying to, I don't want to say smuggle, and certainly not like human traffic, but help, uh, you know, a, a couple of, uh, you know, individual citizens or whatever, like try to break through maybe like a, like a, the, the, a Berlin Wall-esque type of barrier, you know, uh, that, that separation there from, um, you know, Europe and, and the Soviet Union, and they're and, and I'm probably getting my location wrong, but everybody, I think, appreciates the uh, sentiment and MacGyver and a couple of his, uh, you know, new friends that he made over there. They all have to hop in these uh, red, white, and blue little cars. And so when you said that you appreciated the more maneuverable vehicles, those are that's the <laughs> that's the ones uh, that that first came to mind because uh, you know they're they're in uh, in like an old brick like tunnel, like almost like a storm drain type of tunnel and they're going up the sides you know is there i don't know it, it it's a tangent but it's the off season i think we're allowed a few tangents aren't we john we are there's not much going on well let's talk about what is going on 
And oh, well, I was going to tell you another stupid car story. Yes, please do. And then I have okay, a Nebraska this, car story, I too. I had this roommate in college that he was from a town, uh, let's see, in Nebraska. It starts with Fuller, and it ends with Tun. <laughs> and, uh, Fuller Hampton. We, yeah, we went to, uh, we went to this town, and, you know, my buddy, let's call him Tim, not his real name. <laughs> sure. Uh, he, he has, you know, his, his parents have a farm, and his parents are gone for the weekend. So we had this party, but on the, on the Friday night that we get there, we all decide we're going into town to a bar. And we, of course, all go into this town uh, to the bar, and we have a few beers. And <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I should not tell here. Uh, but what happens is, is it's like me and two other guys from Lincoln, you know, from college, and then all these guys from that hometown. Okay, I go into the bathroom, I come out of the bathroom, everybody's gone except the two guys from Lincoln. Okay, Tim lives way out in the country, so all the people that knew where he lived left. Oh. So we have no idea how to get back there. And they're both like, John, you drive. So I get, and I think it was his dad's pickup, and we just start driving around. We're like, well, maybe something will seem familiar. And... uh it's it's kind of winterish. It's late fall, and there's snow in the ditches, and it's a four-wheel drive pickup. So I just go down the <laughs> I go down the highway, and I just you know I just pull into the ditch. All right, mm -hmm. I just drive right into the ditch, and these guys next to me are freaking out and they're screaming and they're yelling. Okay, oh my God, what are you doing? And of course I'm thinking, well, it's a pickup; it can do anything. And I pull right out of the ditch. And I go down the road another mile, and I go right back into the ditch. And I do this two or three times, and the last time I do it, it, of course, you know, you do that until you can't do it anymore because you're stuck. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there, and, of course, one of the guys is, he's from another farm or farm community, and he's more familiar with four-wheel drive pickups than I am. He says, stick it in four-wheel drive. We stick it in four-wheel drive. I hit the gas. And the tires spin, and it throws up snow all over the place. And, of course, I don't think we were really drunk, but we'd had a few beers. And I know you shouldn't say that about drunk driving and stuff. But we just start laughing and laughing and laughing for at nothing, right? And then mm -hmm. the things die down, and you know how you quit laughing after a while. Well, I'd hit the gas again, and the snow would fly up in the air. And we'd, ah! Okay, <clears throat> Tim comes down the road, him and his buddies, and they finally find us. Okay, and of course he runs over, opens the pickup door, grabs me, throws me out on the ground, starts swearing at me for driving his dad's pickup into the ditch. They take a car, and I want to say it's an old Ford. It's not a car that should do this. Oh. It's a small car, okay? <laughs> And it's not – it's a, like an old car from the 60s. I want to say Nash, something like that. Sure. No, that's not it. That's oh. an old That's an old big car. No. This is like some girlfriend's car, and they hook up the – they hook the chain up to it to tow it, right? And, of course, it's not going to tow this freaking four-wheel drive pickup out of the ditch. So – my roommate Tim gets in the car and he backs it up as far as he can and he just floors it. And then, of course, it hits the end of that rope or the end of that chain and he about goes through the windshield. But it makes a little bit of progress. And I cannot believe they didn't take somebody else's car and try to do this. But they took this little uh, <laughs> piece of shit and they, he literally did this I, it's 20 or 30 times until he finally pulled it out of the ditch and uh, – and got, we got it going back down the road. And he's, you know, he's swearing at me. He's yelling at me. And I said, you listen, dipshit. You guys all left the bar. You left this in town. How We didn't know how to get home, get to your place. What were you thinking? Right. And, of course, we all calmed down and we went out and, and drank way more alcohol. And there you go. There's my stupid story. And it's important to Because there's note. really not that much going on for football or anything. <laughs> it is important to note uh, if, if you are having any adult beverages, any man sodas, uh, don't get behind the wheel of the vehicle. 
if you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober, or get pulled over. This message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Wow, that was very good. That was well done. It was like you did this professionally at one point in your life. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I have a fun Nebraska being in my car story. Two of them. Same car, 98 Ford Taurus. Uh, acquired it after my freshman year of college. So eh, right at the beginning of summer 2001. Um, but it was the vehicle that I had with me all in my tenure up in Shadron. Uh, made a lot of trips across the great Cornhusker State in, uh, in that old girl, whatever it was, uh, that car. Um, two quick stories. One, I'm, uh, sitting at it, at downtown Shattern in, at a traffic light, at a red light waiting. And an old lady just is backing out of a parking spot on main street and backs right into me on the, uh, passenger side. So she like, didn't even realize I was there. So that was fun. Um, I can't wait to tell my son that story when he's 15 and 16 and thinks he's invincible. I say, yeah, and you might be the best driver, but you can only control you, and, you know, here's why. Say, your dad got hit, and he wasn't even going anywhere. Uh, the other story is, um, for a number of years, I harbored this illusion that I wanted a motorcycle. Uh, you know, that I, you know, appreciated the motorcycle culture. Um, you know, just... I don't know, Orange County Choppers and, you know, the American Chopper show. I was, I was young and impressionable. Um, but I took said 1998 Ford Taurus with a couple of friends of mine up to Sturgis during bike week. By the way, you can look like a biker, but if you get out of a Ford Taurus, you ain't jack <laughs> shit in Sturgis. Let me tell you that. Well, we walk around, we have a great time, you know, hit, hit the, you know, appreciate some of the craziness that's up there. And then we're driving back, and we are, I don't even remember the road, 385? Maybe that's, I don't know. Uh, but we're the north and south road between Rapid City and Shadron, and we're about two miles north of the Nebraska-South Dakota border, and my car dies. And it's, I don't know, 10, 1030 at night. Um, and this is, again, 2004, 2005. I mean, cell phones like the cell phone that I had was like the early cell phone, like Nokia. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, little yellow screen. Yeah. So that's what I had as a cell phone. And my friends, they were in college, so I don't know. You know, I don't even remember what types of you know cell phones they had, but I did the only thing I could do, and I didn't have you know smartphone. I didn't have Anything, so I called my mom and dad. I said, hey, here's the situation. Pretty sure it's the alternator. And uh, anyway, tow truck came out, yada, yada. But those are my two quick Nebraska vehicle stories. I want to say that the car they tried to pull us out with was a Ford Rambler. I'm going to Google that just so I can see what it looks like. Uh, there's a lot of different models of it, but I want to say that it was like a, I don't know, 65, 66 Rambler. Ooh. But it's, it's, yeah, that it's does not, not look like car. it's built. It's not a car you're going to use to pull a pickup out of the ditch. No. Put it that way. No, I'm, I, I was not familiar with the Rambler. I, you know, I've probably seen one, you know, here or there. Um, our, uh, our old volleyball buddy Ty at one point, uh, a couple years ago had me, scout a uh, 57 Chevy in my area, you know, save him potentially a trip down here. And I, I went and saw a couple at this uh, uh, place. Uh, it's a, it's a country's classic cars or something like that. I don't know. It's Staunton, Illinois. You can Google it. He did. Uh, but anyway, we went, went up there on a cold Saturday or Sunday and looked at them. Um, I'm probably, I'm sure there was a mid sixties Rambler up there, but I don't know. I got a bad memory. And then he he bought one from South Dakota, real nice, one owner, thirty five forty thousand miles on it, original miles, good for him. Wow. Uh, wow. So anyway, uh, there yeah, folks, we're here we're here to talk some Nebraska athletics, uh, and I think our first topic tonight, John, is going to be something that even 
uh, I guess, transcends, uh, like, Nebraska, like, University of Nebraska itself. Let's talk about, it's, it's been a fun series of conversations uh, the last couple of months, name, image, likeness, and Nebraska. Take it away. Well, firstly, Mark Emmert spoke tonight, and he spoke to like some NCAA college athletic group or whatever. And uh, this is a quote from on Twitter. Uh, Emmert begins, too many people believe there's something fundamentally unfair about college sports. That's really frustrating. And then he goes on to say, college sports is about students playing other students. In, what he's talking about is the whole name, image, likeness stuff. I, Nebraska, a senator named Megan Hunt apparently proposed a bill that would, uh, it's called the, well, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so much for preparation. It has 11 co-sponsors, but it's, it's comparable to, uh, California's SB 206, which would, give college athletes the right to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I don't, I'm looking here as well. I don't see the name of the bill specifically. Um, it is uh, indicated here in this article from, uh, this is advocacyforfairnessinsports.org is where I found, you know, this, that was the top, on my, my Google uh, search list, uh, says that uh, uh, she may use her, quote, priority bill designation to expedite the debate there. In this, look, if... I guess I'm still waiting to see. I think California... I think, look, I guess, in essence, I, I, I don't oppose it per se. Although, I'm sure there are a lot of regular students who, you know, are, even if they're getting, you know, a, a full scholarship like, you know, many college athletes are, um, are still probably having to work a job separate, you know, from their education. Um, so I don't know. Um, part of me says, hey, you know, they're already making X amount of year, you know, I per year because they don't have to, you know, pay to, or, you know, however the scholarship process works and I'm not smart enough to. They're, they're being compensated. Right. Right. Um, and, but at the same time, I, I realized that, Hey, they're the university, the NCAA is making millions, billions, pr probably closer to off of, their, you know, sweat and blood and efforts, things like that. And so, you know, they, there should be I don't, a little bit of, I don't, I don't know, stipend. I don't know if that's the right. Anyway, um, but I don't know. I still don't know how. And, it, and it's like this. I think I'm still trying to figure out how the state of Illinois, the University of Illinois, I don't know if you know this, John, a couple of years ago said, hey, if you're in in State resident, you know, graduated high school, you can go to U of I for free. And I don't know how. I, I, I did not know they did that. Yeah. And I mean, just for, like I said, I think maybe started up in 2016, 2017, something like that. But again, I don't know how it's being paid for. You know, isn't Illinois broke as hell? Oh, beyond. We're so in debt and they want to raise taxes. Uh, I don't know. I look. We can't afford to move anywhere, and all of our families here, or soon gonna not be able to afford to live here. Like I feel like getting all the important people, you know, like uh, and saying, "Hey, let's all move to a quiet little town." My mom and dad are retired. I don't think they care. The only problem is, I think is gonna be my sister and brother-in-law because he's a farmer, and I just don't see him moving. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and that's why we're in Illinois in the first place is, you know, because of, you know, being with the family. So, uh, but yeah, Illinois, U of I says, hey, uh, you can go to school for free if you are, you know, a, an Illinois resident. Theoretically, I guess I could go to Champaign and, 
you know, I'm an Illinois resident and maybe I could go get my degree, you know, 20 years later. Um, that wouldn't be fun. I don't think I'd like that at all. But you're going back to that rebel thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, By the way, Greg, I moved to Minnesota to escape my family. Well, he, here's the thing. In, in, it's not that I don't love them, but I don't have to live next to them. Right. And I moved to one of the states in the nation <laughs> where it's so damn cold all the time. People are like, we ain't going there. I, uh, I, not, you're, you're not the only person that I know who lives in Minnesota. I got a buddy of mine uh, who's up in Duluth who uh, is also a mail carrier uh, and is out walking in, in that crud every day. But we had an opportunity, and I think I've spoken about this on the show before, back in 2016, my son was about six months old. We went to Omaha for uh, Memorial Day week because my wife had a couple of job interviews at uh, Memor Omaha Children's Hospital. And while they offered her a job financially wasn't going to be like enough to motivate us to move, you know, two States away, you know, and then find a new house and everything else. So, uh, you know, and, but I also kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. I said, you know what? I, the only cousin that I was real close with growing up was the one that I saw barbecues you know, birthdays, holidays, and I've got a bunch of cousins that lived in other states, and I just, I never really had any type of relationship with them. I said, I want our son to know his cousins, and because of that, he knows his cousins, he gets real excited to, you know, Skype them or FaceTime them, I guess, or, uh, you know, see them, you know, so that that's, it, it's paid off in that regard, um, but I, I got sidetracked. I don't know how they're paying for, you know, all of these Illinois, you know, incoming freshmen or, or whomever. I don't know how California is going to pay for, you know, all of the college, you know, athletes, student athletes that are going to be um, compensated. Well, they won't. This isn't a. This isn't a. The the schools are not paying for this. This is like being able to do endorsement deals. Okay. All right. I I think I knew that and then got confused temporarily. So and, and the reason, I mean, when you look at Nebraska coming up with this kind of a law, I I mean, Nebraska is a fairly conservative state. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that they'd rush out and do this right away, but I think they realize that if California does it, a bunch of other states do it, uh, they're going to have to do it because if they don't, they're not going to have athletes. They're not going to have the top athletes. That's a uh, uh, okay. So here we go. I found the finally found the name: the Nebraska Fair Pay to Play Act. Uh, like California's, would not take effect until January first, twenty twenty three. And I think be, be not, that Nebraska is conservative, and uh, this lawmaker, this uh, state senator Megan Hunt, is a Democrat. I still think that there's right or wrong. I still think that they're like, well, if we can't let you know California get ahead of us. We still need those recruits. Yeah, let's make this happen. You know, I still think that even among the more conservative, uh, you know, part of the unicameral. Like yeah, well we gotta we gotta make this happen because we can't fall behind California in recruiting. Maybe maybe that's a very simplistic or maybe that's a very accurate look. I don't know. I'm not inside their heads. I think it's going to be interesting to see that it's going to be interesting to see that in the next you know few years how this gets worked out. We, I mean, because got, you you can't you can't have this like you can't have. Nebraska have this law, and California have this law, and Florida have this law, and then Texas doesn't have this law. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. no national body that's going to govern how this works, and there really does need to be a national body that governs how it works. Sure. And, you know, the NCAA is, is like the Emmert statements I read earlier. Uh, they're in complete denial, and they will remain in denial until somebody forces them to not be in denial uh, I think the thing about Mark Emmert, I mean, when you stand up and you just basically, you know, blatantly say things about your company or your corporation or your organization that aren't true, uh, your first key is believing the lie yourself. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the NCAA has to change in the next few years in order to have this done. I think one of the biggest keys to this is, is, I mean, what happens when you have a five-star athlete who's highly recruited and highly rated, 
And he goes on and uh, he gets endorsement deals and he never plays it down. You know, I guess that's people's money going into that. Right. You know, or what happens when I'm on an I'm an athlete on a team and I'm the walk on guy and now this other guy's getting shit tons of money. Now, I think the thing about that is, is you look at it and you go, okay, well, the economics, you know, nobody's just going to give some guy a million dollars as an 18-year-old. No. And then I say that it'll probably happen. But you know <laughs> what I mean? There's economics involved in, in this, too, where you don't think the market would go insane with hiring players. But on the other hand, when you look at the basketball scandals that have happened, that's just complete bullshit what I just said, isn't it? No, I, I – Look, I think, I, I think the way it's it's going to be, I I I think it's going to be separate from Bagman. Not to say that it's necessarily going to put Bagman out of business, but I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to allow, uh, let's say, a, a Adrian Martinez or a JD Spielman, you know, if it were to take effect tomorrow. Uh, it would allow them to go to, I don't know, wherever and, uh, and, uh, you know, do a little signing, a little autograph session, a little, you know, get, get your picture with type of thing. Um, it would allow that. It would more, you, you know, like, like kind of what you were saying. I don't, we're, we're not going to see the end of Bagman. It, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to level the playing field as much as people think because it's just going to, as they say, the rich get richer. You know, if yeah. if everybody's, oh, maybe not everybody, but if sixty percent of you know of athletes or that's that's a high number. If your star athletes are still, you know, getting a little, you know, on on the uh, name, excuse, uh, excuse me, name image likeness deal, um, they're still going to be, you know getting their palms greased to go to Auburn or Georgia or Knoxville or, you know, anything like that. Um, but your, your comments about Mark Emmert, I know you've seen that uh, gif online of the dog sitting at the table, drinking coffee with the house burning around him. Right. And I feel like that's Mark Emmert where he's like, everything's fine. You know, like he, he's, he's almost in denial about, about, the organization that he's running, you know? Well, he is. Or the, either that or he honestly believes his own bullshit. Well, that could be too. No, you need to. Well, you, you can't... When, when there's so many dollars at stake, I think at some point you have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, I've been going about this the wrong way. You know, I, I I think I look. You you can believe it up to a certain point, but when states are trying, you know, not trying to, but are enacting laws to circumvent your supposed rules, then you know you, you gotta. I don't know. You got you just gotta do better. The, the the ESPN recently did, you know, there were, this last year was the 150th year for college football and things like that. And ESPN did a did a nice special on it, and Johnny Rogers was part of that special. Uh, I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not. But well, they talked about Big Red, and the funny thing is, is you're like, oh, Big Red, our football team. No, apparently Big Red was a rooster or a chicken that used to chase him around. When he was a really little kid, <laughs> the implication being that that's how he learned how to run. But at one point during the special, Johnny Rogers held his hand up and he said, these injuries didn't come from life, they came from football. And his hand just looked, well, deformed, honestly. And he, his comment was, they need to make some kind of provisions for guys that are playing football to have long-term health care. And, yeah. you know, that probably makes that point better than anything else you can think of. Now, you could always make the argument nobody stuck a gun to their head and forced them to play college football, sure. but you can make that gar argument about anything. I mean, like, I, I, I think about that all the time, you know, because I've been dealing with this back injury since September. I was like, ah, oh, you know, and I said, I could be doing something else. Here I am. 
lifting these, you know, 45 pound jugs all day long, you know, and but, but at the same time, you know, when you apply for jobs and you don't hear anything, that's, it's disheartening, man. It's like, it's like high school all over again. You ask the girl out, she says no, or worse, she just never even answers you. She just walks away. <laughs> wow. Okay. There's something else to consider. <laughs> Thank you, John, for saving me for the embarrassment. I'm just staying on target. Uh, look, it's a Star Wars reference. Oh, please. Thank uh, you. CBS right now pays the SEC $55 million a season. Uh, bidding for the new package after 2023 is over $300 million per season. So you're looking at a, an enormous expansion of how much money is going to flow into college sports because, you know, if the SEC is going to get that amount of money, chances are the Big Ten is going to see an enormous expansion in how much it gets paid. And we're already at the point where we're paying college coaches. I don't want to say exorbitant amounts of money because I think that they're basically like CEOs and that they're running a, a small organization. It's not even small. But they're probably compensated, a lot of them appropriately, but now we're seeing assistants get paid $1.5 million. The money just flows into this thing, and you kind of look at it and go, it's not necessarily about the money flowing into it. It's about the disparity. That's when people get upset. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People don't, I don't think people get upset that like Aaron Rodgers makes a hundred million dollars or whatever he makes, you know? I think that they get upset when Aaron Rodgers makes a hundred and ten million dollars, but he's starting center makes five hundred thousand. Yeah, but. Or your, your college coach gets paid eight million dollars a year. And your starting center gets nothing. That's there's disparity in there is where people are starting to get really upset with college sports, and that's why, well, that's why you saw California do something about it. I mean, we can all make comments about California and how they're the legislature, the people that are making laws out there, are making that state very unlivable. But that's probably another subject. Well, they're in a <clears throat> similar boat as Illinois, just with the amount of taxes. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and they're listing all these states that don't have income taxes. I'm like, oh, those sound good. I think I think the conversation started because it, oh, it was a it was a wrestling podcast. Uh, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff uh, for any interested parties out there. And the question was, why do you, you know do you think so many wrestlers you know live in Florida? And the first answer was, well, as, as climate. And then no income tax, no state income tax. I'm like, damn, that's, a, you know, and, and then they listed off like Texas, Idaho, I know doesn't have it, um, uh, others, you know, but I want to say the Dakotas don't, but I'm not sure. I think, I think that was mentioned. Uh, Wyoming doesn't have it. Uh, but he says, but then you look at California and California is taxed six ways from Sunday, you know, so. I don't know. I, I think most of the, I don't know. Oh, I'll stay away from that subject. <laughs> Find me that way. I, well, I think that most of the states that don't have income tax, you know, they have like oil revenue or something like sure. that, that they were, you know, and I made up a lot for what they would have to do with income tax. But I haven't thought about that subject for a long time because I'm still here in Minnesota and there doesn't look like any, any chance that I'm going to get out of here anytime soon. Have you tried? <laughs> yes, I once drove south and there was this giant barrier. How far did you get? Did you get to the Mexico border? Is that where the barrier was? Because no. I heard that thing wasn't no, going through yet. No, I got to the Iowa border. Oh. And then Iowa had this big sign, no John Johnston. Well, uh, Iowa doesn't like outsiders. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Music Man. They do not like people not from Iowa. You know, I do have a brother that lives in Dallas, and I've been to Dallas. You know, I've lived, I lived in Dallas years ago over the summers when I was in high school and college. But uh, going down to Dallas, I mean, that city is growing so fast. It's like some kind of hell trying to drive around. 
you know, and it's it's just growing. So I because I thought, you know, maybe I'd move back to Dallas, and then I was like, no, I'm not moving back to Dallas for God's sake. Yeah, my uh, my my couple of uh, experiences in Dallas, you know, I learned the same thing is, nope, traffic's a some bitch. Uh, while we're here, clearly don't have much to talk about. Uh, <laughs> we got to. I'm excited because a little peek into the future. Uh, coming up, I believe, next week, we're going to be joined by one of Coronation's newer contributors, Brianna Clark, uh, who uh, wrote quite a bit during the football season. Uh, so she's going to join us uh, next week. We're going to. John, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that I never uh, deleted this Word document. We get to play Get to Know the Coronation Contributor. You you couldn't have looked it up again? No, I mean, I've got the questions typed out. What what, what would I need to look up, John? I don't... <laughs> you, you know, you're talking... You're talking to a guy that works in IT for a living, so I have to keep my documentation. Oh, I mean, I... I... You know, I've never considered this. I guess lay people, you can just write a document and throw it away, huh? No, I can't. I, I, I don't. You should see, honestly, you should see my desktop. It's littered with icons of things. I'm, 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 a, I'm a, as much a hoarder on my computer as I am, you know, in, in real life. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna have Brianna uh, Clark on the show, and then we recently acquired. Uh, from the free agent market, a uh, wrestling writer. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with Dylan in a couple of weeks as well. He doesn't know that yet. Dylan, I hope you're listening. Uh, surprise. You know, this, this is the first time in our history we, we've actually covered wrestling. And and I've tried to, you know, years ago I tried to give some results on the podcast. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's good to have somebody that, that, you know, that's their focus. So I think that. The interesting thing is, is Mark Manning's team was number two until they got beat by Wisconsin. But we have one of the top wrestling programs in the nation. We have, yeah, traditionally. I mean, competing in the best conference by far in the nation. Oh, so without question. Yeah. Uh, so those are a couple of new voices we're going to have on the show uh, here in the near future. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to you, John, because your podcast that you do john's post-life crisis an interview podcast uh i of course i know brett baker i've known him for years going here's a blast from the past for you john the huskerlocker.com days as uh, when i first met brett baker and i've met him uh in in person uh he and his daughter they uh came out in 2015 they came to champaign uh for the nebraska illinois game and did a little tailgating with them they hooked me up with, uh, or he hooked me up with a Husker hoodie. Uh, I was tickled. That's right, tickled to wear to the game. Uh, and you had a great conversation with him this past week. Um, I, I highly encourage people to check that out. I even included, well, I know you did, but I, I included the uh, Hot Ones uh, clip where Russell Brand was uh, singing to him. I didn't think about it until after the show posted, John, but I should have clip that song into the episode. What was I thinking? Would that be illegal? I don't know. I mean, we know Brett. Brett knows Sean. We, the first we feast people, I'm sure we could have got it cleared. Well, that's probably true. He, he could have been like, hey, these guys are going to put a little clip in, maybe like 15 seconds. It'd be good, right? Oh, sure. I mean, anything to further along their, you know, their promotion, right? Well, today I interviewed Ken Jureski. That's not a name that I'm familiar with. Who is Ken right. Jureski? He is one of the, probably one of the most, let's say he's a, one of the top photographers on the planet. Oh, really? Yes. He did a book, he did a book, a, a, well, a 10 years ago now, called Husker Game Day 2010, Farewell to the Big 12. It was a photo book. It was an absolutely beautiful book, but he's also been... He's shot like nine Olympics. He's 
His most famous photo is a very graphic and disturbing photo from uh, the first Iraq war. Oh, wow. Uh, of a soldier, of an incinerated soldier climbing out of a tank. But uh, he's done, he's probably one of the best photographers, very accomplished. I talked to him about the state of photography. I know that not everybody's going to be interested in everything I do, but I'm interested in it. And we're going to just, as we go along, find out what people are interested in. And by the way, if you have any suggestions for us, so we don't end up on the next episode talking about stupid car stories, you can always <laughs> let us know. You can um, give me ideas on uh, people I can interview. I just I just Google image searched uh, Ken Jureski. Yeah, yeah. I just go and of course the first picture that shows up is the one of that uh, Iraqi soldier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's when I didn't expect it to be as up close in your face. Um, that's pretty insane. Um, and no, the reason that I got talking about promotional stuff is because I wanted to steal some thunder from our friends at of Bangarangs and Daggers. Good. Damn right, good. Um, so anyway, uh, Patrick has been just insanely busy the last couple of weeks, so he has not been uh, had an opportunity to be on the show. But Nate McHugh, Kevin Knight have been uh, doing the show. Great job on the show. Highly encourage you to continue to uh, download that. Uh, this latest episode they talked about, which dropped uh, today, uh, the 23rd, they talked about the losses to Indiana and Wisconsin. They also talked about some things that, uh, you know, looking back at, at some preseason predictions, things that they, you know, were right about, good or bad, things that they were wrong about, good or bad. Um, but I know that coming up next week, they're going to have some conversation about uh, uh, the return game at Rutgers this Saturday. And then Tuesday from the Pinnacle Bank Arena, uh, some primetime action against Michigan. And boy, howdy, that one's going to be on ESPN U. We need to pick up a win here. We do. Um, I really think we probably, I mean, I picked us to finish last in the Big Ten, and we're still ahead of Northwestern. But, you know, it'd be nice to just, I don't know, get a win. Well, here's somewhere. the thing. They, they've they lost four in a row since their win over Iowa. And right. it, it felt like for the longest time, honestly, going from that Iowa game, since they started Big Ten play against uh, Indiana, it was, you know, back and forth, win-loss, win-loss, or I guess loss, win-loss, win-loss, win. And then they lose four in a row. And then they've got some tough ones coming up. As I mentioned, Rutgers and Michigan, then uh, they're home against Penn State, return game against Iowa. Thank the good Lord they don't get uh, Michigan State and Illinois until the end of February. And then it's Ohio State and Northwestern on the road or yeah, on the road at Michigan and Minnesota to round out the season. Seems like it's a longer um regular season this year. Is that just me? For whatever reason No, it's it started earlier, but it, you know, when you lose four straight and you're looking at you're trying to find wins on the schedule, it's a very long season. Well no I as mean, we can I, we can attest to for this college football season. But correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought that the conference tournament started in late February. Is my timeline just way off? Am I, do I have that horde of a memory? Because that's possible. Yes, you do. Okay, that's fair. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just accept that, huh? I do. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Trust me. I whatever the brain food is that you're supposed to eat to like you know increase your memory power. I I don't eat that. I eat the opposite of that apparently. Um, so anyway. Good luck to uh, the Husker men and, and, of course, the Husker women. And, and uh, we'll have Jill on again soon to talk about women's basketball. And, and as I mentioned, Brianna's going to be on next week. And Dylan, hopefully, you know, after that. Do we have any other new contributors that I need to – oh, we got a new we recruiting. We have a, a Kalo, the new uh, recruiting writer, and we will probably have one more. And we'll, we'll talk with a Kalo uh, right around February when it's – you know, beginning of February when it's uh, late signing period. Right, and then you know what you know what else happens next month? Spring ball starts up. No. Oh. Your anniversary. No. Uh, 
Well, I know it's not your the wife's birthday. The start of the Will Bolt era. Oh, well, yeah, baseball. Do we have a baseball writer yet? We have Keith. Oh, yeah. I think he's still around. He is. He. I think he went on vacation and, and never came back from vacation, so I think he's in some tropical island somewhere. And doesn't he still owe us pretzels? I think he does. I think he does, right. too. Come on, Keith. You're killing us. How am I supposed to get my pretzel fixed? You're not sending us pretzels. Um, all right, I think we should call it there. John, okay. can I just say, regardless of how hectic life gets, it is an honor and a privilege to spend a little bit of time with you just chatting, shooting the breeze. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're, you're this has a, been a, you know what? This has been a nasty, headache-filled, stress-filled week, and it's not over. Yeah. You are uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have to have a uh, call on a conference call uh, on cybersecurity. Oh joy! Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this at all because it's just not. I'm guessing they're going to make us do a bunch of work that we really don't need to do, and it's just to make everybody feel better about themselves because that's really what a lot of security is. It's not really to. I I shouldn't go into this. We're calling it okay. I uh well it since you mentioned cybersecurity I I wonder if you are familiar with a Tom Clancy a series of Tom Clancy novels at least he was the the first author on the first one or two um but I think you know then he was just kind of like set the stage and other people did the writing are you familiar with Tom Clancy's Netforce series No well I became familiar with it in the year of our Lord 2000. And it's all about, uh, like, obviously it's fictional works, but it is like the, uh, a government agency whose sole job is to monitor, uh, I, I want to, I can't even call it the internet, but it's, uh, you know, protect us against, you know, cyber warfare and things like that. Um, it started out really cool and then it got kind of weird. Uh, but I would recommend those early books to you, John. I think you might get a kick out of them. I'll take a look. All right. That's going to be our show. A little book recommendation from me to John. By the way, John is a gentleman and a scholar. And, again, enjoy John's post-life crisis. Enjoy the one with Brett Baker, and then go back in the archives and find uh, some of his other great conversations. I always go away from John's post-life crisis Learning, having learned something, and uh, that that's worth it, and it, it helps helps me in my day. It'll help you in your day as well. Uh, for the esteemed, fearless leader of coronation, John Johnston, I am Greg Mahachko. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John, go big red, and as always, win the damn off season. <laughs>